Welcome back to That's So Fringy Podcast. We're so glad that you were able to come back and listen to another episode. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. We're going to get back into our CIA uh, series that we were doing earlier. Uh, We got another one for you, and uh, I think you're going to like it, so stay tuned for that. Uh, But before we go into the episode, I just want to say that we've got... Lots of different uh, options for you to uh, get a hold of us if you have any questions or you'd like to just reach out. Maybe you want to uh, come on to an episode, you've got a story to share, or you've got something that you've experienced that uh, you'd like to share with the world. Uh, we would love to talk to you and uh, see about getting you on. Also, uh, don't forget at the bottom of the show notes, there's going to be a section there where you can leave a voice message and uh, you can say whatever you'd like you can give a shout out you can do all kinds of things on there we'd love to hear from you and uh, like I said before you might end up on an episode so let's do that and then uh, if you'd like to subscribe to uh, give to this channel uh, to what we're doing here on this podcast. You can do that also at the bottom of the show notes. So this is going to be a good one. Um, if you're into UFOs, if you're into projects of the CIA like Bluebeam, um, there's going to be a lot of talk of uh, false flags, stuff like that. So strap in, get ready, because here comes another fringy episode. Stay fringy, my friends. So Fringy Podcast. I'm Rick. I'm Bethany. And I'm Kristen. And this week we wanted to bring you guys something a little uh, more familiar, going back to our CIA projects Mm -hmm. series. And we want to kick in um, some more of these projects that we've looked into. And uh, hopefully you guys will learn a little bit more about What's going on behind those curtains back there? Mm-hmm. Very interesting. So this yeah. one we're going to talk about, that we've got two, kind of two things we're going to do, but we're going to start with Operation Northwoods. Um, mm. What's that? Which I didn't, hadn't, I mean, I didn't really know anything about it until mm-hmm. not that long ago, in the last couple of years. I mean, you start diving into some of this stuff, but... I guess a quick overview of it is that it was a a false flag event that they were trying to stage against Cuba back in the early 60s um, to try to create war, conflict, right. all of that stuff. Yeah. So I thought maybe we should start with what a false flag is. Because I've heard the term a lot, mm-hmm. and I actually did look up the definition a while ago because I wasn't entirely sure what it was. So this is the definition. A false flag is a political or military action carried out with the intention of blaming an opponent for it. Nations have often done this by staging a real or simulated attack on their own side and saying that the enemy did it as a pretext for going to war. Mm -hmm. So, and that came from... Pirates in the 16th century, which it makes perfect sense, they flew, would fly the flag of a friendly nation to deceive merchant ships into coming closer. Yeah. You know, so they would they can just they pull would, up next to them. Right. They yep. put up a flag of like, hey, we're the Team Blue. And then these guys would come over like, hey, we love Team Blue. And then they get over there and boop, Team, team, team Red. Yep. Are these just gangster kidding. pirates? <laughs> it is. It's the sharks and the jets. All right. Okay. So that's what a false flag is, just because you're probably going to hear that throughout the episode. Um, I thought maybe we should start with identifying what it was. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, so the so other kind of major things would be, we're going to be talking about Castro, and there's a lot, I mean, there's tons of information on him you can go look at, but he was, he was, I don't know, elected or whatever they call it over there. 
1959. So that was kind of when Castro came into power. It was the height of the Cold War, all of that stuff. Um, so then let's dive into what the CIA actually did. Mm-hmm. So the, the CIA actually came out, and this is stuff that was declassified in like 97, I want to yeah, say. Like 30 years later. And it ended up, let me see, it ended up being coming into light because of the JFK assassination. You can put in a request, we've talked about this before, for the Freedom of Information Act where you know, it's very specific, and if they don't like your verbiage or something, they just spit it back out, and they're like, no, mm-hmm. you know, fill it out again. So sometimes, obviously, it can take 30, 40, 50 years for this stuff to come out, but eventually it will come out. So in, like, the late 90s, it came out as part of the JFK assassination, and they declassified tons of stuff, which was some of that MK Ultra stuff. It was some of this stuff. I mean, there was tons of stuff. So you can go on, and we'll put it in the show notes, too, but you can find the PDF of this actual document this declassified document that talks about all this stuff what does it say so let's see here it was basically so an overview is that top military leaders and the cia drafted plans to stage and carry out acts of terrorism against the citizens of the u.s so that's kind of the the, the the gist reader's digest version yeah but so in 1962 which was the height of the cold war the u.s felt that they were falling behind in the soviets and the like the nuclear arms race so which is was kind of their shtick back then that was like oh well we don't we don't want the russians to do it so we better mm-hmm. do it first there was actually another I'll, we'll talk about it later, but another project that came out where they basically sprayed a bunch of bacteria on the bay at, in San Francisco to see what, you know, what this bacteria would do in a densely populated area. And shockingly, a bunch of people got sick, mm, that's odd. which seems weird, but they did it because they wanted to know what would happen in a bioterrorist attack. If another country came and did it, they wanted to know what would happen. So that they used that guise over and mm-hmm. over. It's kind of a running theme throughout the CIA. We did it because we wanted to know what would happen if the enemy did it, which is stupid, but national security, yeah. right? Again, Gosh. There's, there, there's that word again. This there's whole, that. all of these lies are just clothed in. they, it's like a bad cologne, you know, where somebody <laughs> just puts on too much cologne and they just stink. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, wow, I can really hardly stand to be around this person. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that. So we're going to get you for Christmas, a cologne that is called CIA. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, we'll exactly. put our essential oils together and we'll make you one. Okay. So the so the you know the US fear they were behind the Soviets and then they realized hey Cuba's only 100 miles off the coast of Florida. So I bet you the Soviets are going to gang up with Cuba and they're going to attack us from there. So mm-hmm. it was basically this whole like game of telephone where they're like, yeah, this is what's going to happen and it was all pure speculation, which they say later, but um, so they, they were trying to take out Castro in 1961, and there was this Bay of Pigs incident, which is a separate thing, but mm-hmm. you guys should look it up because it, it's fascinating. Um, but they also tried to assassinate Castro with Rick. <laughs> when you told me this, I was losing my mind because she said she <laughs> couldn't was, get over it. She was reading me her notes and everything as we were talking about this earlier, and she was like, yeah, they tried to uh, explode his cigars. Like exploding cigars to assassinate. Well, the only him. thing I had written on the paper was assassination attempts, exploding cigars, and I hadn't finished the like. I was like, what he's is all this wait, a- what exploding cigars? Is this a real life cartoon? <laughs> Basically, like, this is what they do. In I mean, cartoons. there was lots of assassination, like like a, like things that what could we do to assassinate him? And it was like you know, poison cigars, exploding cigars, all kinds of yeah. stuff. But anyway. Side note, that was a funny... Uh... Yeah, so Cuba was this kind of battleground, mm-hmm. or, they, or they were at least putting out the story that that's what it was. It was this battleground between the United States and Russia, and whoever got it first was going was gonna to have the ability to take the other over. You know, it right. was almost... And, and they obviously didn't want Russia to get it, because then they could bomb us from really close. And so there was this fake hype kind of like Y2K and and Iraq war and all these mm-hmm. they always build up a fake hype and then mm-hmm. what happened on the you know the day after New Year's Eve uh 2000 everybody had January a bunch of leftover 1st, 
pinto beans, dried yeah. pinto yeah. beans. Everybody was just looking at each other like, okay. so did it happen? Ooh, or... I guess everything's fine. And then, I mean, the news was working up to that one for months oh, yeah. or years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Years. And they were, you know, saying, oh, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And that's, that's kind of this thing where they're... It's tr- the same theme all throughout. I mean, the mm-hmm. same reason that, you know, everybody hated bin Laden and all these other, you know, he was the enemy, but was he... How much was he really the enemy, and how much was it the CIA going, he's the enemy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you if you start to put the context to all this stuff and then do the research, you'll find these little things where this it's the same playbook that they use all the time. They put these scare tactics in, and, and if they're in control of the media, like we've proven to you that they, they have been mm-hmm. for a long time, supposedly they closed that down, but we all know better, because we're seeing it. We're seeing it happen. They're propping up all kinds of propaganda to all this right. fear all the time and then and then there's like this big crescendo where something happens where and then we end up going to war you know just like 9-11 just like oh they have weapons of mass destruction we have to go to afghanistan and we have mm-hmm. to go to iraq you know this is an actual declassified document that's right. saying that they were going to perpetuate a war on purpose yep for no reason other than speculation, right? Not actionable, actionable intel. They were actually doing it just based on, based on a feeling, right? So yeah, let's go into a little crazy. bit of what was in the actual document. Which, like I said, there there's PDF versions of it. You can type it in and find it. We'll have it um, in the show notes. Yeah, we'll put it in the show notes just because it's it, it is kind of interesting. It mm-hmm. wasn't just like a, this harebrained idea where these like a bunch of people were sitting around a room and they were like, "Hey, I bet they're going to do this." They actually lined this stuff out. So, uh, this was a memo dated March 13th, 1962. And this th- these are quotes that I'm going to read. It says, "Quote, we could blow up a US ship in Guantanamo Bay and blame Cuba." Mm. End quote. And then later on it says, Quote, we could sink a ship near the harbor entrance and conduct a funeral for mock victims, end quote. So that implies a whole other level of planning where mm-hmm. we're not just talking about like he said, she said, U.S. said, Cuba said, like this is a, we could do this and we could make a mock funeral for these victims. Right. Like that, that's a whole nother level in yeah. my opinion. I guess I didn't realize how involved it was until I started reading this thing, and then I was like, oh, man. Yeah, it's pretty wild. When you when you think about staging out a, a full-on false flag event to, to almost like you're directing a movie. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. Which is very interesting. The world is a stage. You know, you're you're putting all the players in place. When you read this document, you see that they had it all planned out. Mm-hmm. They have... They have people giving their opinions, and then they have it all planned out, and they like step by step. Yep. And then it gets presented and as as an actual viable plan mm-hmm. to carry out, without telling the American public, and going to war without telling the American public that you're the one that caused this to happen. Mm-hmm. And now we know because these documents are are declassified, but that that's an evil trick. To get us right. to go into war just so that they can make more money. Yeah. It's all so about here's, the money. Yeah, totally. So here's some of the some of the steps that they lined out. Here is this is on page seven of the PDF, but it says start rumors, many, use clandestine radio, land friendly Cubans in uniform over the fence to stage attack in the base. So then they were going to capture, this is, they always say friendly Cubans, because there's a difference between Cubans and friendly Cubans, right? Mm -hmm. So these are the actors, basically. Mm -hmm. We're going to get friendly Cubans, um, and we're going to, we're going to basically put saboteurs inside the base, and then start riots near the base, the main gate of the base, with, in parentheses, with friendly Cubans. Mm -hmm. Not to be confused. And then they've got other, I mean, tons of stuff in there. Blow up. They're going to burn up the aircrafts. They're going to lob mortars onto the base. And basically the, the, they're going to do all of this to the U.S. base over there and say the Cubans did it. Yeah, That was their do plan. It, do yeah. it to their own people. Yeah. Because their own That's people shocking. are going to die. 
Right. Their own service members right. that are guarding Guantanamo Bay are going to die. In Who are just exactly. there doing their job. Doing their job. Yep. Yeah. They, yep. they signed up to protect their own country up yep. into the payment of blood, their life. Yep. And, and they were just going to kill them. So this is in the 60s, early mm-hmm. 60s. Mm-hmm. Imagine, I mean, I can think of a couple events in America mm-hmm. that could have been false flags. When you right. really think about it, yeah. like 9-11. And when we say right, false exactly. flags, that was a good definition that you said, but we have to be careful to help people understand that when when somebody like me, Mr. Conspiracy Theorist, says false flag, that doesn't mean that the event didn't happen right? and that you just saw it on TV. I do believe that the more accurate statement that conspiracy theorists as a whole are trying to say is that there are things happening. Right. These are actual events happening. As you hear from the document that Kristen was talking about, they they were planning to actually blow up a ship mm-hmm. and right. actually kill people and actually, and then they were going to probably film it all and show it to you on TV. And blame. The, the whole thing with the false flag is the, the shifting of blame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was going to be the U.S. basically waging war against the U.S., but they were going to blame it on Cuba. So, and this event didn't happen, but you're right. There's tons of events that have happened over time. I mean, look at 9-11. You know, I'm sure we'll do episodes later on that whole thing, which is Mm -hmm. a huge, huge thing when you start digging into it. But uh, I can't think of very many people before I met Rick that, that... thought that 9-11 was something other than what it was. We It was two planes that flew into the World Trade Centers and a plane that flew into the Pentagon and another plane that that crash-landed. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what it was. Mm-hmm. And that's what we saw. But what was it really? And, and that's what it was. But who who was to blame? Was that the U.S. waging war on the U.S. and blaming it on bin Laden? Right. I don't know. Well, and this is where the cognitive dissonance starts to kick in in mm-hmm. in a, a a person that's been brainwashed for so long, uh, and this is everybody, all of us, mm-hmm. myself included. When you've been brainwashed for a long enough time, you get what's called cognitive dissonance, and you and you cannot fathom that what we are saying could possibly be true, because it doesn't make any sense. But that's because you have to remember that you're living in a program that has been programmed for you and everything that they're doing is, and everything that they're showing you is controlled by the media. And this is a very important point. And for people that say, I don't really care, I don't wanna talk about this. No, you have to understand that it has been proven that they in the past controlled our media. Mm -hmm. And I guarantee you, when you look into it today, you'll find that they still are doing that. I mean, look at the Twitter files that just came out. Right. Well, I think that's the funny thing with, with a lot of these declassified documents is is that the story always ends with, but we're not doing that anymore. Right. But, I mean, I don't know. Does a horse change its color? You know, it, it, it's. do you really believe that they just stopped doing that? Or do you think that they got caught with their hand in the cookie jar for that particular thing. So they stopped doing it in that, with that name and in that regard. But do you really think they stopped doing this stuff? I don't think they did, you know, and, and it's because it works. Well, it's, the proof the, the, is the, in the, the, yeah, everything the proof has proved that it works. News stories. Mm-hmm. The proof is in what we're seeing in front of us today. And, mm-hmm. and, and last week and the week before in our whole lifetimes, we see that there is this manipulation. And if you look it up, like we were talking way back uh, in one of our first couple episodes or one of our first episodes where you take all those news anchors and they're all saying the same, same thing. Script that comes same from script. the CIA. And, it, and that scripting it became like a big joke on the internet during COVID because it was like these it was almost a meme like these guys are literally all saying the same thing mm-hmm. like we're not making this up you mm-hmm. can find this video and it's just it's mind-boggling that people nowadays think 
the news is always telling me the truth. Like, that's impossible, first of all. The news is always telling me the truth. The government is always going to take care of me, state, local, federal, all Mm -hmm. of that. And I don't have to pay. And and furthermore, my money is safe in my bank. Mm -hmm. Like, these institutions are not protecting you. Right. Right. But you get lulled into this, like me and Rick were talking earlier, you get lulled into this false sense of security where... You know, the the Americans are worrying about gender pronouns and are worrying about this wokeism and all of this agenda that they're pushing. And, and we're forgetting as American citizens that the rest of the world hates us. We are the the arguably the most powerful, influential country, and the rest of the world does not like us. And they're not really worried about gender pronouns because they're focused on the fact that we got to take the U.S. down. And, yeah. and in America, we've been so blinded and lulled into this false sense of security and we're foolish to not realize that the rest of the world is looking at us like, uh, you guys are dumb. Mm-hmm. You guys are really dumb. And you're, you're not protecting your borders and you're not doing all basic safeguards. What's the first thing you do before you go jump in your bed at night? You lock your front door. I mean, everybody does that. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I guarantee you... Biden's got a lock on his front door because that's where he puts the files. They're in the locked, in the locked garage. In the garage, right by yeah. the Corvette. <laughs> right. Yeah. But that that's what you do is you you lock your house. And that's a that's a basic, like a primal thing. When you're out in the forest back in the day, you know, you had people that stayed up at night that guarded your camp because that was when you were vulnerable. Yep. And here we are in America with all these quote unquote resources and we have open borders, we have, we're not, we're not even locking our door. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's wild how they're just kind of, um, pushing this propaganda on us all the time, just pushing it on us. And for, for those of you that are, are paying attention, there's false flags happening all around us all the time. Yeah. I mean, this has become such a coordinated, um, specialized thing. And I mean, talk about current events. It just came out the, the, the January 6th, um, documents and, and uh, videos are coming out. Tucker Carlson blasted that and Twitter exploded and liberals heads blew up and there was all kinds Mm -hmm. of weird stuff going on, but that like you can't deny, but that's exactly what a false flag is. It's doing something Mm -hmm. harmful and blaming it on somebody else. So you're, you know, breaking into the Capitol building and you're blaming it on a particular group of people when Mm -hmm. in actuality, it wasn't those people that did it. It was the people that were supposed to be protecting you. Like, yeah. So this is like the same thing that they're doing right. now. And the, and the you know the video shows that these people are walking out nicely. Like the cops come in and they start telling them to leave and they just walk out. They mm-hmm. thank the police. Some of the some of the police are letting them in mm-hmm. and there there was like this really coordinated scene where Ashley Babbitt got shot and there was like all of this different chaos going out. And that was like the big crescendo moment, right? Mm-hmm. Where these other people died, but you didn't see that on the news. You know, there wasn't anybody else dying on the news. Ashley Babbitt was this video that went out viral. And it, it almost like if I was to back up and say, okay, if I'm planning a, an event like that and I'm going to make a false flag, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to coordinate it into one area that I can film correctly from multiple angles, from multiple angles because I have to put this on the news. So and I'm going to think about it like a director in, in place that if there is a little mistake, it's nobody's going to notice because there's chaos. There's so much going on that it's like, ah, oh, you know, if you can't break it down, you know, screen by screen and go, okay, every single frame of this, let's see what happened. Cause there's people everywhere. Yeah. There's chaos. There's people yelling and screaming and you know, the videos are all a little crooked and a little shaky and you know, that that's perfect. Yeah. And speaking of the propaganda earlier you were talking about, so this is some of the, the stuff that was in this 
Northwood's document. This is what, and this is where it comes into the propaganda on the American people. So the false flag event is the event that they're going to do that they're going to blame on somebody else. But this is the propaganda part, the MK Ultra part that comes in later. So in the document, they said, these are all quotes, casualty lists in the U.S. newspapers would cause a helpful wave of national indignation. So they're going to do all this stuff in Cuba, and then they're going to, you know, publish in the newspapers in the U.S. the casualty count. Mm-hmm. They want they want lists of people that have died because... Kind of like the death toll with right. COVID, huh? Exactly. That was always on the corner of always. the news. Always. Mm-hmm. The like, ticker was constant. And then they, so then they go further on. We could develop a communist Cuban terror campaign in the Miami area, in other Florida cities, and even in Washington. So then they're like, okay, let's make sure that all the people that are down in Miami and in Florida, we don't want them to like the Cubans anymore because yeah. they're, they're ground zero for these people. So then they go, the terror campaign could be pointed at Cuban refugees seeking haven in the U.S. We could sink a boatload of Cubans and route to Florida, real or simulated. We could foster attempts on lives of Cuban refugees in the United States, even to the extent of wounding in instances to be widely publicized. So they're going to go ahead and sink a boatload of Cuban refugees who are coming over to escape their communist country and seeking haven Let's go ahead and sink that ship just just because, you know, we, we need to make sure that we're publicizing this. Yeah, again, <clears throat> they say real or simulated, like it's no big deal to actually kill people. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like off the cuff. It's like right. they're talking in a meeting and they're like, well, we can either do it real or simulated. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, hold on a second. Anybody that can just say that off the cuff... Like, like, let's go back to the fact that you're going to sink a boatload of Cubans out in the middle of the ocean. Yeah, yeah. like you're talking just mass, get away. mass murder. And you can either, so it's like we can either mass murder or we can pretend to mass murder. But it's either way we should. Either way, the the part that we're trying to point out is that the American people are going to think that these Cubans have died. Yeah. Right. Like that, and that, so then it, it even, it gets crazier. You guys are going to love this part. So then they said later on, an F-86 properly painted would convince air passengers that they saw a Cuban MiG, especially if the pilot of the transport were to announce such fact. So then they're talking about going in and essentially getting a plane that looks like a Cuban MiG and painting it their color, putting on their tail numbers, doing everything so that it looks like it's a a Cuban aircraft. It's so wild. So crazy. Like, so th- just the planning that right. goes into this. That's what I mean. And like it's a director. In the si- early 60s. Mm-hmm. Like, right. So then they go imagine. on and say reasonable copies of the MiG could be produced from U.S. resources in about three months. So there's a few things in that one that are interesting to me. Uh, U.S. resources. Mm-hmm. So the CIA is taking U.S. resources and basically in a three-month time span, they're bragging that within three months they can they can spit out this MiG that looks just like a Cuban one mm-hmm. using U.S. resources. Like it's no big deal. Taxpayer dollars. Yeah, our money. Well, and when we were talking about the MK Ultra stuff, that was, you know, in the 50s. And here, this is 1962. So look at all of these instances of propaganda and what the CIA has accomplished in just that short amount of time. Mm-hmm. Like, who, raise your hand if you think that the CIA is a good agency. Yeah. Nobody's hand no. is raised. Nobody's hand. Not even the cat. I just don't, I don't know. Like, there's, there's got to be some accountability right for this type of stuff but how can there be accountability if everybody's so distracted and brainwashed that they don't even know what's happening well and this comes from the cia but let's not forget if we take it a step farther this this went to the joint chiefs of staff which was what a general lyman lemnitzer he was the chairman of the joint chiefs of staff at the time so it it goes to him. So it goes through all the channels mm-hmm. and gets all the way up to JFK. 
who's president, who's brand new president, 1962. Mm -hmm. So it goes all the way up to him before he says, we're not doing this. Like, this is ridiculous. But up until that point, oh yeah, not just the CIA, but our own government had signed off on all of this stuff, had signed off on this whole document. Yep. Stamp of approval. Right. So then JFK goes, wait, we're not doing this. And then he's dead within a year. Yeah. I mean, other things obviously probably happened. I'm not saying they're, you know, connected, but sus. Sus. Totes sus. So there, and there were other, you know, Cuba operations as I was looking into some of this research. There's one called Operation Mongoose, Operation Bingo, Operation Dirty Talk. Look them up. Look them up, friends. Them if up. it takes you to a weird porn site, I apologize. That was not the intent. I was a little <laughs> sleepy this afternoon taking my notes. No, I'm just kidding. Those are actual CIA operations. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. All right. So that pretty much wraps that up. I and mean, we, yeah. we, we're, yeah. we're figured out that this nefarious activity is going on. We already kind of knew that from MK Ultra, but this is the same kind of time frame as Christian was just saying. So now we're painting that picture and stacking all these blocks mm -hmm. in together, and it's beginning to develop a larger overarching story. Hopefully, you're a beginning theme. to see that yeah. right um, that they are you know doing nefarious things, and it's not just once they've been caught, but twice, three times. You know, this stuff came out. So let's move. And this didn't actually. Just for a little fun fact, this didn't actually become public knowledge, this operation. Even though it was declassified in 97, it didn't come out until 2001 when there was a, a book written by James Banford that was titled Body of Secrets. So that was really when this came out. And I haven't read the book, but I'm going to look into it. I wonder what month in 2001 that book came out. I don't know. You'll have to you'll have to figure that one out you'll on have your to own. Figure that out. Well, let's transition over to the other CIA project that we were going to do tonight. Well, this one's a little different in the sense that the, all the CIA stuff we've talked about so far has been uh, paperwork that was declassified. So we have actual CIA documents that are now declassified. Mm -hmm. So these, the one that we're going to be talking about right now is Project Bluebeam, and we don't have any documents right. from this one. Correct. No official CIA declassified documents. Now, that being said, that doesn't mean that they don't exist. Right. I think they probably learned a thing or two after the declassification of and realizing that after that whole MK Ultra thing, hey, we gotta we gotta get rid of all of this evidence. So yeah, don't I forget think, they burned lots. Right, of I think documents. they probably maybe learned something at that point and realized that they need to not you know type things out with typewriter and send it over. I don't even know how they send things. Well, now they just use backs. telepathy. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so we're going to be talking about Bluebeam, and Bluebeam is basically a uh, it's it's a kind of a joint CIA NASA program, United Nations, and yeah, mm -hmm. United Nations, yep. where they they kind of have this mashup of people because it involves so much. It's kind of like an overarching thing, and you see. Um, so what it has to do with is lots of different things, but the the one major thing that it is is um, it's it's a holographic sort of technology that allows them to project images um, in the sky or um, on a wall or it's not like a regular projector that you see that's just putting a, a flat image on the wall. We're talking about you know, massive 3D, 3D Did you see the projections. one where there was, it was like on a indoor basketball court mm. and they, they whales. Put, yes, they put a holographic yeah. image of these whales, like basically like it was the ocean diving in and it was crazy looking. Yeah. Crazy looking. I mean, I can't imagine like seeing well, something they, like that and then. They have these buildings nowadays. I don't know if you've seen it, but they, they actually have like things moving. Like they'll have a thing like 
a snake will come out and like act like it's going to be attacking a car or something mm-hmm. like it. They have these weird uh, holographic things that they can do. And uh, so this isn't far-fetched now. No. no. Now. Right now. Right. But when this all started, so what was the the, the name of that guy? Sergey Mo- Monas. Yes. And so he he's the one that Co- originally wrote he was a he was a journalist and a essayist and conspiracy theorist and so he wrote he wrote this book right called Project Bluebeam. Mm-hmm. Yep, in ninety four, nineteen ninety four, and it was basically an alleged plot to facilitate, which I didn't realize at before. I knew that it was like the, oh this alien invasion and this holograms and all this stuff, but I didn't realize the religious component of it until I really started looking into it. But it was an alleged plot to facilitate a totalitarian world government by destroying traditional religions and replacing them with a new age belief system using NASA technology. Mm-hmm. So that's a mouthful. Yeah. Yeah. And it goes back to our, what is their agenda? Right. A one world government, a one mm-hmm. world religion. Right. Yep. Remember back to those episodes of the committee of 300 and all the way up to the 13 bloodlines, they have an agenda yeah. and, it's all laid out for us. We just have to we just have to take the time to look at it. So step one of this was manufacture sophisticated top secret weapons to cause earthquakes around the world in speci- specific and strategic locations in order to unearth religious artifacts with the attempt to use them to disprove the religious effectiveness. Mm-hmm. So discredit all so all the right and it, and it it sounds like it it, it wasn't just going to be one religion it's going to be all of them right it's going to be like hey jokes on you there's only one one thing that's that's reality and all your religions are garbage mm-hmm. and it was i mean like what, what what would that do to a society yeah i mean i think he speculated that there was going to be these holographic uh images of all of the different um deities if you will or the mm-hmm. or right, the right. head head figures of those yep. so like you would see buddha and um i don't know all of them, uh, well, jesus and all Mary. Of them. right so that's yeah. step two so step one was that with the manufacturing of oh. the earthquakes and somehow unearthing these crazy religious artifacts that that are going to basically disprove all of our religions as we know them so then step two was to use sophisticated technology to beam 3D holographic images of all of the prophets or the heads of the four main religions. So Jesus, Muhammad, Krishna, and Buddha. They were going to basically merge them all into one. So the images would broadcast simultaneously in the sky around the world. They will then merge these images into one in order to make all people feel their God is speaking directly to them. Their sole intent is to use this tactic to usher in the Antichrist and the end times. Yeah, so if we think about from a biblical standpoint, and you've mentioned before, even the elect will be deceived when the Antichrist does in fact come, this makes a lot of sense. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we're as Christians looking for, you know, the second coming, that, right. you know, that's what, that's, that's what we're waiting for is right. the second coming of Christ, right? So we start to see these trumpets going off and we start to see all this stuff happening up in the skies. I mean, who's not going to believe that's the second coming? Yeah. Like who else who else would do that? No other religion talks about that. Well, and if you don't know if you don't know about this project, right. and these technologies mm-hmm. and stuff like that, maybe say you live in backwoods wherever, you know, where you don't have any technology, you barely have gas pumps you know you got one stoplight in your town and you're looking at the sky going martha get out here (laughs) yeah hey we have four stoplights in this town Uh, (laughs) no we have three it's got to be just like a shocking like bone chilling experience (laughs) to look in the sky and and see this like you know these figures coming out and then like merging together and then you get this understanding all of a sudden it says in your in your mind does it say that yeah so that's later on yep so then in step three it says they will use invisible wave frequency technology via a telephonic platform to access people's minds and implant thoughts in order to gain control of the mind 
and make people feel that they are in direct communication with their God. Correct. So they're going to merge all of these people together and say, hey, all of you Buddhists, hey, all of you Christians, you're all worshiping the same person, and it's me. Yeah. Yeah. And then all of a sudden we're united in religion, and we go, oh, okay, so we are all worshiping the same God. That's Mm -hmm. so crazy. Like, that would be super cool, except that it's not true. Yeah. This is what this is what they're going to do because how do you figure in today's day and age where everybody fights about literally everything, mm-hmm. including grammatical errors on your Facebook post? There is fighting literally. I mean, there's there the and then there's there there's and there, then there, there's and there. there. Right. Get it right. <laughs> how are people going to come together for a one world religion? It, it's just it's it seems impossible, but it is. If you look at it through this lens and yeah. go, they basically went over and kicked the anthill and then everybody goes running around scattering because they're like, oh my gosh, the sky is falling. And then all of a sudden, something has to unite everybody. Yep. And we look at this from scripture and we go, something has to unite everybody. Mm-hmm. And this is something that it talks about in scripture, the Antichrist. It's not, the Antichrist is not Satan. The Antichrist is a spirit that's going to work in everybody's hearts and minds and and work really hard to get everybody on the same page. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's their whole objective. Yep. Well, in this technology that you're talking about, about going into a person's mind and being able to um, speak from their God's perspective and whatever that means and however that looks, I don't know. I'm not the one devising this plan. But if I were to put some thought into it, I would say you would probably have to say certain things mm-hmm. that would trigger right. certain right. thoughts, you know, uh, certain very key things to that person's understanding. And how would they even know what religion you are? Kristen had a theory on this. Well, it so then in step four, it says they'll use their sophisticated technology to put the thought in individuals' minds that the rapture is coming and they will face an imminent alien invasion. Okay, this is big time. Also, they will get a transmission into their minds that currently there are other planets. Mm-hmm. So stay with me here. There are other planets being invaded and ravished. They will use a fake alien invasion to finalize the birth of their new world religion, the Antichrist arrival, and the new world order. So I was thinking about this. Like, how, how would they do this? If we're talking technology, mm-hmm. which we're talking, he, they mentioned sophisticated technology so many times in, in researching this. What is the first thing that you put on in your phone or in your computer when you very first pop it open for the first time? Language. English. So I'm picking English. And then it goes from there. It's got my birthday. It's got all of your information stored on your devices. Mm -hmm. So all they have to do is drop one message. And then when it comes to your phone, it's going to be speaking in your language to you. It knows your age. It knows your... You know, they have all of this information already collected. So when we talk about that data mining and we talk about them getting all this information, this is this is why you should be suspicious of this stuff. Well, because this stuff doesn't seem so crazy when you think about all the information that they have about us, and why are they funding programs to give homeless people cell phones? I mean, I don't know about everywhere, but they do here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you see bums sitting out in front of businesses, plugging their cell phone into McDonald's to charge their phones. Like, oh yeah, oh yeah. Every homeless person has a cell phone around here, but that gives them more information, and that's what they need is information. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy when you think about it. I mean, it's it might seem far fetched when you're talking about all of this technology, and this guy was talking about this te- type of technology way back. Like, right, right. This wasn't just written like in 2020. This was written back in early 90s, 94. Which means he researched yeah. it and right. did all of this prior to. So yeah, we're talking so we're about talking 80s. In yeah. the 80s, he yeah. was. Well, and there's been other people that have talked about it. He's not the only guy. I mean, if he's the only guy talking about it, then we should all probably take pause and be like, okay, we've got one nut job that's talking about this. But we've got a lot. That's a consider the source type of argument. Yeah. Yeah. 
So you've got a lot of people that are confirming this and a lot of things that are pointing to this. There is a major thing that's pointing to it, um, and, and that is that he got his children taken away from him. Well, yeah, yeah so this Sergei Monast, he was born in 1945, puts this book out in 94, and then it says by 1995 he was being hunted by police and authorities for involvement in, quote, networks of prohibited information, end quote. Yeah. So he was obviously really researching this stuff. And then well, he Well, and if had... he was I'm sorry to interrupt you, but if he was getting in trouble for that, that right. means he was accessing maybe he was a hacker. Maybe he was a hacker. Yeah. Maybe he was an old school right. hacker because there are those dudes. There were some guys way back in the day that right. have been hacking forever. My dad was one of them. Yeah, he was a nut, computer nut. So you Before computers were really a thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We won't go into that cuz I I don't, you know. It's... We can't talk about those things. Can't talk about that. <laughs> but so this guy is is being basically sought by the by the authorities because he's accessing stuff he he clearly wasn't supposed to. Um, but he had two children, like Rick said, he had two kids that were homeschooled. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all of a sudden, the police are after him. His kids get taken away in September of ninety six. They take his kids away. And make them wards of the state. And the only reason that I can find on multiple websites, multiple, multiple websites, of why they took his kids away was so that they could get a public education. Hmm. So he wasn't allowed to homeschool his own kids. Mm -hmm. They needed a public education. So they took his children away and made them wards of the state. Hmm. Which is super weird because I knew kids that were homeschooled back then. Nobody was coming to take those kids away to make sure they got a public education. Yeah. yeah. Seems... Like, that seems super weird, but I literally couldn't find any other reason. Um, so they come take his kids in September of 1996, and then three months later, in December of 1996, he gets arrested, spends a night in jail, and the very next morning, he dies of a heart attack at his home. Mm-hmm. Dun, dun. Duh. Like what? Sus. What the heck, dude? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. And and super there, sad. There's not a ton of information on this guy. He does have a Wikipedia page, which you know, there. That's that's where you can get information, but also consider the source. Yeah, that's the story they want you to <laughs> right. know. So you kind of have to read between the lines a little bit. But the I I did find a fun fact. The so Mel Gibson's character in Conspiracy Theory, that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Jerry Fletcher was basically modeled after this guy. Oh. And if you remember in that movie, which it's been a little while since we watched it, but uh, the conspiracy theorist turned out to be right. Yep. Well, and they were coming after and him they hard, were, though. And they were really coming after that guy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, the whole thing about conspiracy theories, and if people would actually take the time to sit down with a conspiracy theorist with an open mind, they'll find that they're not actually as crazy as mm-hmm. people think that they are. Or it might yeah. seem crazy at that time. Right. So in 94, sure as shit, this sounded crazy. Right. But fast forward now to 2023, and it doesn't seem so crazy because we're like, well, yeah. No, you got of superheroes. Our, our phones would have all this information about us. Like, no big deal. Well, yeah, you got, didn't, go sorry to interrupt. No, didn't fine. Snoop Dogg do a... A concert with a holographic. Oh my Tupac, gosh, he did! Like, I totally forgot about that. Anniversary or something? Yeah. So like we know that the holographic images are they can do that, right? Obviously, yeah. he did right. a whole concert with him. That's true. I totally forgot about that. I mean, they didn't need it because he's still alive. But <sighs> I do miss Tupac. <laughs> I miss Tupac. I just miss him. I want him to be alive. <laughs> That's wishful thinking. Yeah. Oh. Anyway. No, but it's true. And they have, I mean, even back, remember that, what was that movie, The Crow, mm-hmm. where Brandon Lee, he was shot on set and died, and they ended up basically splicing together the rest of the movie to make it work. And they did that with that Heath Ledger movie, too. And Paul Walker. Oh, yeah. Fast and Furious. So yeah. they, I mean, they can make it work. They can get, they can make them say and and do whatever by just computer programs now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, CGI. I mean, if, you, if you're watching anything like the Avengers or anything like that, yeah. you're you're seeing all kinds of crazy stuff. I mean, even when you get into the multiverse uh, movies, 
the mm-hmm. Doctor Strange movies. I mean, you're you're seeing all kinds of crazy stuff shifting and moving around, and and you're just like, yeah, I th- now I can see how they could do something like this. Right, but remember Superman back in the day? It was like you could like almost see the cables that he was hanging from. Like it was <laughs> right. so not realistic, and right. that's how you knew it was a movie. Like, yeah. well, movies now have gotten to where like. Some of it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Like how, like, I mean, they, they're, what was that Megalodon movie or whatever? Like that had to have been a real shark. <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> Fact check. It wasn't. <sighs> yeah. So the, the whole thing about the religious aspect is super interesting. Right. Cause I, I knew, like I said, I knew about the alien invasion part where it was going to be like this holographic, you know, alien invasion Well, type so what's thing. that all about? Because... I don't know. I mean, we're going to have to get a UFO, like, expert or something on because I, I'm so up in the air about UFOs still that I don't... I don't know. People... I, I believe people are seeing something for sure. Right. I agree. What I don't know is are they doing this Project Blue Bean little bits at a time to mm-hmm. see if people notice, to see if people are paying attention, like... I mean, who looks up at the sky anymore? Hardly anybody looks up at the sky. People are looking at their devices all the time, especially, you know, 20 and under. They don't even know what the sky looks like anymore. So are they putting this stuff up there just to see if anybody's paying attention yet? I don't know. Mm. Quite possible. Because people are seeing something. I do not doubt that people are seeing something. But I also don't believe that a demon is in a spacecraft. I don't think a demon needs a craft to get around. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. What is it? What are they? What are UFOs? What are aliens? What are aliens? Fallen angels? Is it a, is it a, a vessel that is being used by... This is all very interesting, and we probably should go down all those rabbit holes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> However, I'm, I'm going to wrangle you all back in real quick, and we're going to okay. go back to... Um, Wait, so there was another little bit that you were looking at. Yeah, I was going to go through the timeline. So it's a very interesting timeline when they, when all of these events started happening. So like, when did we start hearing about aliens? You know, it mm-hmm. was like, what, back in the, I don't know, 30s, 40s. I know Roswell was 47. Mm-hmm. But there, were, I think there was a couple things that were going on a little bit before that. People were seeing these blips in the sky and... And they were these blurry little blobs, and right. it was really hard to make out. And they could only get blurry pictures, and because cameras sucked back then, so they could right. get away with this stuff if it was practicing mm-hmm. with actual flying craft. If the government does have flying crafts, which I think that they do, mm-hmm. I think I think they have these type of flying crafts, and they have way more technology than. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I I think it's clear by now on this podcast that that they lie to us, and we what? all. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> it's super crazy. She's super like, crazy. "What the fringe? What the fringe?" Uh, oh, I like that. that just anyway, so you know, it's it's really hard to wrap your mind around the fact that they have all this hidden technology and all these things, but you have to consider. That they have places like Area 51, you know, and that's boggled the mind of people for a long time. I know, we but, should do an episode on Area but 51. But it's just, it's an Air Force base. It's it's literally yeah. an Air Force base. And so it's it's government property is, is what right. I'm saying. Just because it's secret doesn't mean it's not government property. And you have places like Mount Weather that are just like complete black sites where it's mm-hmm. like you can't go there. You can't. Mm-hmm. It's built into the mountain. These are things you can look up. These are real places. Mm-hmm. It's like there's a lot of secret stuff going on. And these UFOs are are becoming more and more prevalent and right. we're even seeing it in the news today where they're or not today but recently where they're talking about ufos like something was shot down oh, here all the time well, and i think yeah. that over time they've tried out the ufo thing on different generations to see how people would react to it and for a while it was oh let's make the people that see ufos crazy so now they've kind of rebranded it with calling them uap yeah. So, because people aren't triggered by the words or the initials UAP, but 
people are triggered by UFO. Right. Because that's science fiction. That's not reality. Yeah. Right. So then they went, oh, shit, we got to rebrand this into something that people are going to actually believe. Because now we, now we think that we can, we're really in a place where we can really convince people about this. Well, yeah, because when we wanted to keep it a secret, it was called UFOs. Right, right. But now that we want to release it to the public, we have to rebrand it. Yep. And we have to realize this is how they work. They think in branding. They think right. in they think in how is your brain going to receive this information? And they do it with colors. They do right. it with all well, kinds of stuff. And they know stuff. your programming because they put it in there. So they know how you're going to respond to UFO because they're the ones that embedded it into your brain. Programmed you to say that that was crazy. Right. When really you were seeing them working on secret projects that they didn't want you to know about. Right. And then while they were working on those projects and stealing your money for the black budget to fund that, then they were also going over here and being like, oh, what is that, a weather balloon? Oh, that's weird. <laughs> and so then the timeline, if you look at the timeline, then they then they do Operation Blue Book, which is mm -hmm. the, the report that went into, it started out going into the whole Roswell investigation, and then it went from there, and it was basically like this committee of people that were collecting all of the UFO information because there was a lot of stuff going on. And then that, um, that was cut off and stopped, and right after that was cut off is about when Bluebeam started up. happening. And hmm. so it was, it's really interesting timing when you look at the timeline and you trace it all out. You've got aliens just kind of showing up. You know, you don't have and, – and you have these people that are saying like on ancient aliens and stuff like that. Like these are, these are really like Gaia.com. There's mm -hmm. so much information about how these – like our planet is seeded by other – aliens and that From there's planets and, and that you know we are seeded by these other aliens and there's like all of these different theories that there's a secret space program where there's all kinds of people that are up in space and you're just like okay Ooh, right <laughs> like somebody's getting fringy yeah. yeah you know in their peace pipe i'm just i don't like there you when you look at the evidence we have very little evidence of actual aliens yes we right. have a right. lot of evidence of blurry pictures well and the other the other weird thing in this ufo phenomenon which has always concerned me a little bit is when you listen to people's accounting of this situation most of the time there's no sound like i can't even turn on my hair dryer without a lot of sound, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So there's no sound to these things. And when they look up at them, for the most part, there's no, like, rivets. There's no seams. There's no, like, there's no nuts and bolts, for lack of a better term. Like, you're not seeing how this thing is put together. So what what could they do? Well, shoot, they could project a hologram up there, and it would have no noise, and it doesn't have to have any seams because it's not real. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But you're really seeing it, but it's not real. Oh, like, yeah. Talk Especially about if you're deer trip. hunting or, mm -hmm. or something right. crazy ass like that where you're out there deer hunting and you're just like, oh, my God. Like, and, and maybe they're... Maybe they're doing something nefarious in that area and they want to scare you away. Or mm -hmm. what if it's something like you're out elk hunting, like on that missing 411 stuff. You're out elk hunting, these German elk hunters for some weird reason. But it has to be somewhat dark for a hologram to be its best. I mean, obviously, they put they put that hologram on a basketball court with fluorescent lights above it. So you can do it in any any light. But... For it to be its best and look the most intricate, it would you would want to have not a lot of light pollution. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. It's just weird, man. There's UFOs are a crazy thing, and we'll probably go on a, a, a long tangent of, of episodes about that. But uh, for the sake of this episode and keeping it shorter, um, we... We, we need a ufologist. We do. If anybody out there is a ufologist. <laughs> Calling all ufologists. Phone home. Yeah. 
Hopefully we can get somebody on. We all have our own opinions, but we're yeah. still working it out. Like, we don't know. But what we do know is that Project Bluebeam was uh, a project, according to lots of whistleblowers mm-hmm. and lots of people. And we're seeing a lot of that stuff playing out today. And so when we see this stuff, we have to, we should, we should take a, a moment to put a pin in that and maybe come back to it and say, okay, what's going on here? Because... You know, putting a projection in the sky seems actually very easy and right. plausible. And I don't even think like thirty-year-olds mm-hmm. and under—they probably wouldn't even freak out that much. They'd be like, "Oh, sweet, that's awesome." Yeah. And mm-hmm. we'd be like, "Oh my god, like this is the second coming of Christ." <laughs> well, they're used to augmented reality, right? Because this is the world they live in. They're right. like, "Sweet." They, they finally don't. figured out how to put it up in the sky. Now yeah. I don't have to look down so much. I can look up. Yep. Yeah, and another thing that's very interesting is that Werner von Braun, who is the Nazi scientist that came over from Germany and then became um, the head of NASA. So her, or I'm sorry, his uh, secretary or, or personal assistant, I forget, but she was a whistleblower that came out and said that you know, when he was dying and uh, he said to her that there is a last card, he called it. It was the last card, which was this scenario. This mm-hmm. alien invasion is the this last card. So that's that's the end um, where where they complete their mission and they introduce the new world order because everybody's going to come together under the safety and the guise of that unity. And so if we all band together against uh, one enemy, which is aliens, mm-hmm. then then we're all good. And as long as we listen to our leaders that are negotiating with these aliens, then those aliens will make a deal and we'll be able to... But as long as we do what we're told... right. You know, then the aliens will leave us alone. Well, and what's that uh, phrase? The enemy of my enemy is a friend. Mm-hmm. So, what's going to unite the whole world? Like, yeah. what it's going to be the threat of something out outside of this world, right? Because Correct. this world then has to band together mm-hmm. and work in in unity in order to defeat this higher power that's coming to us from outside of this world, right? So that makes perfect sense. It's I mean, wild. it all does make sense, but it makes sense to me. <sighs> so go there you go. Go do your research. There you go. Look it up. Yeah. Ask the questions. Now, are we saying that everything that we bring to you is a hundred percent provable fact? No. But what we're saying is, is there's a lot of this stuff that we can back up with fact. And some of the things that these people are writing, dig into them. And where did they get their information mm-hmm. from? That's what we've done. And we're only bringing you stuff that can be substantiated with with a lot of um, different people and a lot of different things. And the, and the fact that this guy that wrote about this and, and I guess you would say blew the whistle on this, that guy was murdered, right. in my opinion. Right. Yeah. And there's uh, the uh, the guy that wrote the book, um, Behold the Pale Horse. Oh, yeah. Um, that's from Revelation. But he wrote a book. He was a very famous conspiracy theorist that had a radio show and uh, very, very popular. Um, gosh, I'm forgetting his name. I thought I had it written down here somewhere, but I can't mm, I find it. Um, Bill Cooper, William Cooper, that's what his name is. And that's Revelation 6, 8. But, um, yeah, he was, he was also killed after he wrote that book. And in his book, there was a lot of that same stuff where he's basically saying, um, this stuff is coming guys. You need to pay attention. We've looked at these documents. He was in military intelligence. Um, this other guy was in military intelligence. Like they're, they're they're coming from the inside, sharing this information and trying to wake us up and saying, "Hey, I wasn't able to talk, but now I'm saying this, and I'm probably going to die for it." But whatever. Right. And then they, and what happens? They die. Yep. And that we should probably pay attention to that because what these crazy guys are saying, 
they're just disappearing or they're dying or whatever, you know. Well, like, and I, in some of the research, I, I thought it was really crazy that this guy, this Canadian journalist, he had made reference to them essentially murdering people by faking a heart attack. So they're, and he, I don't think he really gets into like how they're going to do that, but it's highly suspect that he literally gets out of police custody and dies of a heart attack. Or did he die in police custody and they just went and placed him in his bed and said he died of a heart attack at home? We don't know. Who knows? That's this. I mean, like, is Epstein really dead? Uh, so, we don't know. So was, so was he Epsteined or was Epstein Mon- Monasty, Monast. whatever this dude's name is. Monast. 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 I was calling him Monasty. Monasty. <laughs> Which one are you calling Monasty? I'm sorry. <laughs> we need to clarify. We need to clarify here. Monasty too. Oh no! But go look this stuff up. We will put what we have in the show notes. We'll put yeah. in, you know, the the PDF and all the stuff. All the stuff that we have, we will put in there, and you can, if you want to send us other stuff, or, you know. Or if you have questions, if you come up with something where you're like, nah, that doesn't make sense, or I have a question about this, or how does that work, send us a message, you know, our our website. Probably the easiest way, yeah, would be the website, or our, that's so fringy at gmail.com. Yep, that's so fringy at gmail.com. You can or email us. Or you can go on Instagram, leave us a message there. Uh, the website is www.thatsofringypodcast.com. Check us out. Send us an email. Um, yeah, we would just love to communicate with you guys. You can, If you know a ufologist. Yeah, if you know a ufologist, <laughs> send them our way. Send them on over. All right, you guys. Well, that's an episode that uh, was, that was pretty, a fringy. pretty fringy. A lot of information yep. in there. Um, you might have to go back and listen a couple times just to yeah. get it the all. CIA, the CIA series has been really good, though, because we're, we're building on the foundation that we're setting now of uh, the themes that the CIA uses over and over throughout time. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it, we would be foolish to think they just stopped. So I, I venture a guess that in 30, 40, 50 years, a lot of this COVID stuff is going to come out as a CIA project. Yeah, or sooner. I'll be long dead by then, but if somebody wants to maybe just put a little post-it note on my headstone, like, you were right. That'd be cool. <laughs> well, we could just get, I told you so, on your headstone. Oh. That way, whoever shows up would be like, oh, she told I us. I think I told you so is going to go in your headstone. Maybe. Sir. <laughs> we'll see alright you guys that's another fringy episode don't uh, don't step away come back to us listen to our episodes mm-hmm. we miss you you miss us we know that so come back for the next episode and we will see you on that one again I'm Rick I'm Kristen and I'm Bethany and we are That's So Fringy Podcast bye bye